0: Hi, my loves, and welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. As per usual, I'm your host Kirsty, and today I am doing something a little different. Um, I'm sharing Mandy Slutska's podcast from Is This Real Life, uh, where I featured with her this week. Um, we get down and dirty into the nitty gritty of the reunions, Beverly Hills, and New York. Um, so. Have a listen to that if you are missing me elsewhere and you want some fresh stuff. I also did Erin Martin's Pink Shade podcast last week, so you can listen to us shoot the shit there or something a little different. I was on the Nasty Woman's Club podcast this week as well um, with Demi Lynch talking about my history with addiction and anorexia, mental illness, cancer, all the fun stuff that I occasionally drop into in this podcast, but um, this was in a little bit more, well, a lot more in depth and surprisingly as dark and twisted as it sounds, we had a laugh, Um, share some pretty strange, wacky and wonderful stories from some pretty dark times. So it's a, I find it, it's like a 40 minute um, podcast, it's accessible with stuff like mental illness that is usually quite deep and difficult to process. So yeah, if you need a little bit of a Kirsty fix this week, that's the way to go about it. Enjoy the show. Hi, Kirsty.
1: Hi so nice to be back talking to you. It's always so much fun.
2: So much fun. And I cannot wait to get into the neuroses of the ladies of New York with you. Because my <laughs> so much God, neuroses. these women are fantastic. I love how complex they are. Honestly.
1: I am obsessed. And you can really tell like everything they've been through. Oh my God, I'm in my bed and there's a spider in here with
2: me. That's the most Australian Actually. thing ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just chilling with this little spider. I was in probably Australia gonna kill me because five Australia. Five years ago,
2: and I I couldn't get over that everything in Queensland could kill me.
1: Oh yeah, and now I've lost it. So if I just part, like if I stop talking halfway through or start slurring my words, um, I don't know, like call an ambulance, <laughs> send it, a- call an ambulance to Australia. <laughs> That is so funny. Uh, no, okay. What I love about these women is that they, yeah. After everything they've been through, like we had that clip this this episode of flashing back to all of the horrible things Bethany has called Luann, like calling her a slut of all things, in this in this climate. And like, I mean, and they just they just really pull together. At the end of the day, even Ramona, like she is, like we are all. They are all standing for each other, supporting each other, looking after each other. Like scratch barb. but the rest of them, they're just like, yes, girl power, and they'll have these horrible, horrible fight. fights. Horrible fights. Ultimately, it's like it almost to me is like a sisterly relationship. Yeah. It's like you know, you fight and you fight and you fight. But you love but each at the other. The day, at the end of the yes, day, And this no one deep else can like love.
2: fight with these other women the way you do. Like no one else oh, can yeah. call them stuff. Only you can. It's it exactly. is very sisterly. It it's is. Like, yeah,
1: it's like if some like I mean, I can I can make fun of my brother all I want but if somebody else does um I mean I want their head like that's not cool
0: (laughs) I'm taking names and throwing elbows so it starts
2: off with um this is the third reunion so the final of New York with talking about Luann and how long she stayed in rehab Now, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because she Mm -hmm. this is her second stint in rehab and she apparently only stayed two weeks. She claims it was three. But do you think she's taking her sobriety seriously? Um,
1: In my humble opinion, fuck no. (laughs) Like,
2: (laughs) Like as a sober person, I wanted to hear you know, I know yeah. the program is different for everyone, and everyone's sobriety is very personal and different, but yeah. she does appear to be in denial still. Yeah, I, I, I think
1: it was good that she mentioned that pink cloud um, because that is so – that's what I could see when watching her. I'm like, this is and, – and you do enter this kind of, like um, – almost like rose-colored glasses version of life when you initially become sober. It's like you're high on sobriety. It's really common. um, And you sort of like – I don't know. For me, it was really uncomfortable, actually, because I had been addicted to opiates for so long. My life was kind of like blurry, like I'd been watching it through – I don't know, like through, through a lens. And then as soon as that was gone, I was like, oh my God, it was like, I compare it to um, like a TV where it's all like grainy and you know, like you can't really see properly and then watching it in HD and it's just like this clarity. And I was so present that it was like, like too much, like real life was too real. And um, I kind of see not so much that, but that definitely, like, she's painted this, like, she had that kind of vision that the world was just, like, you're so in awe, and it's so beautiful, and it's so, everything is just, like, you're so grateful, but it's not really, you haven't really settled into real life yet, because the reason you were drinking in the first place is because you, you were struggling with what real
2: life looks like,
1: so right. I don't know there's another step to it when that pink cloud is gone, you fall again,
2: and you and, think, um, like, It sounds like she thinks she can get away with just a few drinks. Yeah. Like she's telling herself it's okay. That's why when she slipped in April and she had the two mimosas and thought that when she used the breathalyzer, it wouldn't catch it because she wasn't like, quote unquote, drunk.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that that's the real problem is that she hasn't sort of committed to that sobriety. Like, Like, you can see her counting down the days for that next three months when she can come off, you know, the the program and start drinking again, like, off probation, you know? Like, that's what I see in her. She's sort of waiting out the clock um, because they've given her a time frame, which is hard because, you know, with with sobriety, they say one step at a time, like, you make a choice, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, you're supposed to be sober for the rest of your life. Like, if you're a person who can't drink or can't use this substance or whatever like you 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 really shouldn't touch it again because it's too tempting to let that spiral hit you now I don't know I don't know what her addictions like um but I but she's definitely like I don't know she's not she's definitely not humble like um Bethany said she has not really hit her rock bottom for me um which is sad and scary because you know running around a field naked and stealing a boat and Like panic episodes, six million dollars. Like to the outside world, it looks like rock bottom. But I, the shit I've done, where I'm like, oh well, hit my rock. Woken up the next day thinking, well, that was my rock bottom. Never doing that again. Uh, Next minute, like you know, you're in it again. So I get it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think she has a few, a few more. Unfortunately, a few more falls until it's gonna sink in.
2: Well, I'm wondering, and if I was her. It sounds like she also started seeing the psychiatrist for the first time and that she had a manic yes. episode last time when she was drinking. And so maybe she's thinking, "Oh, this is actually my mental illness is the problem, not the mm-hmm. alcohol." Is that, that's that's yeah. what I see happening in her head. And so I and maybe that maybe that's true for a lot of people. Like once they address the underlying issue, then they can reasonably engage in drinking again i don't know
0: that's really interesting that you can see that so clearly i i think
1: you're really onto something there um i hadn't really considered it myself but i think now that you've said that it makes sense i like i speaking as a person who you know has bipolar and has these like manic episodes sometimes like alcohol is a trigger for that mental illness is just chemical imbalance right Mm
2: -hmm. so especially
1: like bipolar you know mania I I don't know what goes on in my brain chemically, but I can be feeling good, have a single drink and go into full blown mania. And um, and once you're in there, you just want to keep drinking and you know life's a party. But um, it's you know the then you have the crash. So I I think that I think you're right. I think she's justifying this as like oh it's just my mental illness. Once I get my mental illness sorted, um, wham bam thank you ma'am everything's fine. Look, right. we both know that it's not that easy to to heal yeah illness. You can't just get a psychiatrist, <laughs> you can get on a prescription, and you're like, all right, well, life is, uh, life again. is fine. I mean, this is never going to be a problem dream. again. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: it's. Wish. But I see the wheels turning in her head. Where it, when they talked about it being a manic episode, it's mm. probably a lot easier to say, oh, that was just a manic episode, and to yeah. separate the drinking from it. But I think the Which two is- go hand in hand for her
1: totally I completely I completely agree and she's trying to justify it and you know ultimately the thing with um bipolar if that's what she's going through you know you can have manic episodes without being bipolar is that depression most of the time occurs as the primary symptom mania is beautiful and and it's like the best feeling in the world but you might have like depression most of the time and you might have one manic episode in your life you know so it's it's really it's it's something that you you know, um, alcohol is going to be her crutch if she's depressed. I can, I can hundred percent see that in her. So it's not, um, I don't know. It's not healthy, whatever, whatever her relationship was with alcohol at the moment. It's, it's not sustainable, I guess is what I'm sort of thinking. And I think it, yeah, it's a problem with her children and that relationship. And yeah, ultimately it's just, It's going to be an issue that she has to nurture for the rest of her life, in my opinion. I
2: think a lot of them have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, but it fuels such good television that no one really does anything. And if you stay in circles where everyone is doing the exact same thing, then no one calls you out on it. Um, 100%. Like from what I've seen just on the show and then what I've heard, it sounds like Tinsley can't get through anything without wine
0: anything. uh, Tinsley is
1: probably like, she's the the darkest character. (laughs) She's the darkest. She's the darkest. And I've said it, I've said it before. And I'll say it again, I relate to her probably more than any other housewife. She's got love addiction, codependency issues, just an arm armchair diagnose. Um, (laughs) For me, she is a full blown alcoholic. And she's scarier because nobody really acknowledges it. She obviously hides it. A little enough. She's quieter. Think,
2: she's a quieter drunk. She's not all over yes, the place. She's not falling. She's not Dorinda.
1: That's like right. you can tell right or away. Sonia. Yeah. She's not, not either she's not of them. She's out there with it. She hides it. And look, we know she drinks, and we know that she she drinks probably too much. Oh, that's what they show on the show. But they don't ever show her getting completely out of control like the other women. And. Like, the most out of control we saw her was when she was slaring at Luann. And to be honest, that was still pretty mild compared to the other women. So I think with her, it's scary because she definitely self-medicates, like, I don't know, from, like from, from behind closed doors, I think, more than anything else. And that's when it's a real problem.
2: I think so. And also... I don't remember if I heard this on a podcast or on a message board, but someone had sat next to her on a plane in first class and said that she ordered four glasses of wine and the flight was only an hour and a half. Oh, yikes. And and when, you know, if anyone who's ever drank while flying knows it, like with the altitude
0: and yeah. the the
2: pressure and so i was just like and this woman is a very small woman she's very Tiny. petite so to drink that much i mean i'm not trying to judge entirely but something is very dark with tinsley
0: yeah
1: i just think i think she is really sad and it I makes me too. sad i just i really just like i just think she hates herself so much and i just really want to give her a big hug and say it's it's going to be okay But, you know, of course, I don't know that. But I just think, like, (laughs) just to make it even darker for her. Sorry, Tim, if you're listening. (laughs) But I'm just, like, I I don't know. I just just sadly, like, so relate to her. Like, I am that girl that falls in love with the guy on the first date and, like, puts all my hopes and dreams in them. It's why I don't date because it makes me so psychotic. And I'm, like, you know, tell that, like, when she was talking to that guy, um we really didn't get the footage and she's like so drunk talking to this guy making out with him and she's like oh my god like so into him gave him her full-blown life story about the children and marriage and all of this stuff I'm like yep like that's me I will just blurt my entire life out to this poor soul you know like 20 minute (laughs) period like all of the shit that I've been through all my mental health issues all this fucking bullshit just to, like, see, okay, well, if they stick around, you know, then they really like me. Right. It's very overwhelming. And, of course, they never stick around because who wants to take on that fucking baggage? Like, you're supposed to pretend everything's cool and just eke it out slowly, one little sliver of trauma at a time.
2: <laughs> but I also think she hasn't processed all of her trauma, and that's the issue. Yes. If she were to process it, it would totally be something that someone would want to take on with her, I think. I think she's a lovely I think, person. I, she's lovable. There, she's, she's so very lovable, sweet. but she's... Hasn't dealt with everything, and I think she's in a place where she can. And I hope that we see it um, next season just a bit, yeah. because I don't want any more of this. Woe is me. I don't have children. I want children. I want her I don't to think really she dig- even
1: wants children. That's the she thing. just wanted to make her mom happy, and that's her that's her biggest problem. That she's. I mean, it's going to be so hard for her to unpack because basically. She's, like, her mom's her best friend and also her worst enemy and critic. And it's so ingrained in her. It, it, you know what? I, I've been recently watching The Act. You know that movie, uh, the TV show with uh, Patricia Arquette? It's a true story about this mom who had Munchausen by proxy oh, and was keeping yes. her daughter sick. And, look, oh I'm, God, not saying, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Dale is Munchausen. <laughs> oh but I can see the, the that Dale, like, has a hold over Tinsley in a way that is both like, it's just so enmeshed and so codependent and it just, it's it's not healthy right. in order for Tinsley to get well. She needs to cut the cord and I don't know if it's going to happen.
2: Oh, but she also is like best friends with her mom. So it's hard exactly. to do that with your best friend, but it is so complicated. Now, the thing that I didn't think was very complicated in this reunion was Barbara K Everyone seemed to agree on every single opinion about Barb, that she didn't share enough. She didn't reveal herself enough. Even she agreed she was a really yeah. good, I make a good friend of, she friend. said. Like, she yeah. had to process the fact that she was not a good housewife and was not meant to be a housewife. And I don't know, everyone seemed to agree with everything she was saying and... It was just an interesting dynamic to watch all of them reflect on, yes, we were too hard on her, and she's really nice, and she's just not good for the show.
1: Yeah. Do you think, like, first of all, I was upset with Andy for calling her Builder Bob and missing the opportunity of calling her Bob the Builder. I mean, it's just, <laughs> come on. Like, it was right there. But I just, do you get that, Bob the Builder? Do you get that in, in the States, or am I just yeah, making a really like a weird? Yeah,
2: little toy, right?
1: yeah yeah it, yeah it's a like a, a I don't bob the builder I don't and he's
2: got like various construction hats yeah yeah on,
1: missing an opportunity but then i just thought maybe that's an australian thing <laughs> no 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 it's an to it. american
2: too i'm just not not that familiar with my um construction toys
1: <laughs> <laughs> well of course i am <laughs> um, um yeah i don't know poor bob like i've said it before i just think she was just she's just too normal and nice and pleasant for this show it was, it, she would make, she does make a great friend of because she gives us a different um, side of the Luan situation. Yes. But yeah, getting her on board in that capacity was too much. Do you think she wanted to, like, do you think she sort of was disagreeing with the ladies because it makes her look, you know, better? Or do you think she actually would have loved to stay on?
2: No, I think she agreed with the ladies because yeah, I think her and Bethany actually became close. I felt that.
0: Mm. And...
2: When Bethany got up to give her a hug and then all the other women gave her a hug, I felt like she had watched the season, had processed, you know what? I don't have what this takes. I don't want to reveal every aspect of my life. And I'm not ready to, like, throw daggers and then recover the way these women do. Like, for her, wounds are deeper. And she doesn't throw, like you know, maybe a little shade here and there, but she is, like, a true friend and says what she thinks and feels and doesn't have, like, a malicious bone in her body. Whereas, like, you know, (laughs) even Dorinda, just even the designer that she decided to wear to this year's reunion was a dig at Luann. Was it? Yeah, so it's a designer that, like, Luann couldn't get back in, I don't remember oh, how many wow. seasons ago when she was with Carol. <laughs> it was just like such a, <laughs> like a little that. dig, yeah. you know, and I, so shady. it is so shady and Dorinda is shady. And even Bethany, yeah. you know, we'll get into it in a bit What they all sort of with their cringe worthy moments, but hers was when they were at, in Miami at the artist colony and Tinsley had gotten a gift and Bethany didn't get anything. And she said, Well, I have my gift. Mm. I have a daughter. Knowing that that's the one thing that Tinsley really wants. And that was yeah. a dig. I mean, even though she didn't mean it in a ma- that malicious of a way, it still was like such a nasty thing to say. And Barb just doesn't have that in her. I know. I would make such a great housewife. <laughs> <laughs> I just
1: like, I just, it's just such goals because I feel like I am, I am that nice mix of malicious asshole and vengeful bitch. And, um, and then I've got the crazy of the Tinsley's of the world. So, you know, what's like tag. Bob out, I'm in <laughs> next season. <laughs> that would be
2: fantastic to watch. <laughs> I think he would make incredible television. I don't oh, think I would God. be a particularly good housewife at all. I'd be much well, more of a mediator. I'm extremely when they single. Don't... Yeah, I'm but definitely. But I think most
1: of these women are at the moment, so that's
2: fine. They're so fun. Now, I still couldn't tell if Luann watching the season back, truly absorbed how no. self-absorbed she was.
1: No, she doesn't get it. Like she, she like, I, was it, I think it was, I was talking to you when you are on my show a couple weeks ago, that she almost looks like she's rehearsed her, her humility and, yes. um and like, sim, like uh, like grief about the situation. She's like, like, she was like clutching at her pearls being like, I feel so bad, but it is fake as fuck. Like, there is no penetrating that woman. She is steel. (laughs) Like You cannot... That's why, like, Bethany was right. She's like, you can't go soft with Lou. It won't hit her. You have to go hard or go home. And I love that Bethany was like, look, she's a strong woman. She can take it. It's all good. Because it's true. Lou will not hear you if you Mm -hmm. don't scream it in her face and make her feel it. But even still, watching it back she had no idea like she she didn't feel a thing that's why all those ladies were just like wait what the fuck when um was it the singing thing or was it other when they were showing um oh they were showing acting
2: the comment that barb made about her not being adele and that she can't carry a show because she can't carry a tune And And Lou's just like she was so offended, and (laughs) you know, and the ladies are like, "You got to give Barb a hall pass. She's been ride or die for you. Barb is a true friend." And this is like, wouldn't you say she has too much self tanner on right now? Like, it's a shady thing. It's not malicious.
0: Exactly. It doesn't
2: mean you don't uh, think highly of her as a person.
1: But Lou will just as soon as anyone does it, like crosses her or doesn't fully believe in her and put all of their life basically into supporting her cabaret career, they are a bad friend. It's like, like, it's ridiculous. And, and this is what I think I was trying to remember is that um, it was when um, they, she was like, well, the ladies are still jealous. Like after watching all yeah. of that, all of the flashbacks,
2: I can't like, imagine well, I what else jealousy. it would be you know even that,
1: Andy's like I, what, what are
0: you sure <laughs>
2: well and even the fact when they're having this like very serious moment talking about um, Bethany and Ramona's shared trauma of oh their childhood abuse God. and <gasps> Luann interrupts and asks Andy what time it is and he just oh looks God. at her in such shock he's like we're having a, a serious, serious conversation, conversation. Yeah. here and she's like, I know, so but I need to, I need rude. to, my bre- breathalyzer, I need to do, I was supposed to do it at seven. You know, then ask a producer to have yeah. a break. Like, don't interrupt. She's just so focused on herself. And it's such a compulsion yeah. that she has. Yeah, had. and that, that
1: kind of thing, like, to me, that was, oh, we're talking about something serious and it doesn't involve me. I'm bored. Let's turn it around and bring it back to me. Like, I know she tried to do it kind of. She tried to pretend that it was subtle and under her breath. But you know what you're doing if you're interrupting. Like, wait for a pause in the conversation. You know what you're doing. Now they can't cut that to make it useful. So, you know, she's fucked up whatever they they could have used in that scene. She knows that. She's been doing this show for 10 years, you know. It's, like, just so, so self-absorbed and so unaware of anyone else's um, lives. And that's, I think, what the girls were trying to say when mm-hmm. she was, like, but well, they're just jealous. She's like, no. It's like, You know- just
2: like – Yeah, we're Sonia's daughters going to college. That was really oh, telling, you yeah. know, that she hadn't had enough conversations with her friends about their lives and their family's lives. But mm-hmm. the thing that's so confusing to me about Luann is that some criticisms she hears loud and clear and she focuses on and they are unnecessary, such as the fact that she can't sing that well – but other criticisms, you have to bang her over the head with. And that's yeah. that's what's so confusing to me because I'm the opposite. If you're going to criticize me, I ask you to do it with a compliment sandwich. Or some yes. people call it a shit sandwich because the shit's in the middle. Yeah. But like you say, wow, Mandy, I really appreciate your enthusiasm. However, and then that's the only thing that I will hear. I will not hear the two compliments. But if you don't have the compliments, it cuts so hard. And I'm so obsessed over the criticism. And it's not like like a great thing about me. I wish I had a harder shell. And I've gotten better. But but still like you know i focus on the criticism i hear it i hear like even the littlest change in someone's voice she Major. can't hear anything they're telling her you are only <laughs> focused on yourself and you haven't even asked about dennis and bethany's exactly. boyfriend freaking died of an overdose Yeah, an exactly. overdose- she,
1: some com- she can't even have compassion i I so know what you mean like the change in the voice my brother sent me a text message the other day i must ask him a question and he replied okay like spelt out fully okay a y like who does that anyway psychotic (laughs) with a full stop at the end i was like are you okay mad at me like what have i done it's like
2: what do you mean like you hear it differently than they mean it yeah (laughs) exactly No, I wish someone I mean, a happy birthday yesterday and said, you know, I hope you have a really wonderful year ahead. And he just responded, okay, thanks. And, like, he probably really <laughs> meant, like, awesome, thank you. Like, yeah, it was yeah. the end of a and long like day. like, to, like, 15 yeah. different
1: messages. Yeah.
2: Right. But, like, I was like, oh, guess he's, like. But also,
1: he definitely hates you are not friends
2: with that person Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I spent 10 minutes being like, is something wrong? Did, oh I, say, did I say the wrong thing? Like, yeah, you know, I and would obsess about that. For the rest right? Of my life. Uh, but what I love about these women is that they don't obsess over it. The only one who <laughs> does is Barb, and that's why she's not good for the show. Yeah, is because she's true. too much of a normal human being. Yeah. You've got to be able be, to move
0: on and move quickly with right? these
2: women. In order to be a good housewife, you have to have a sliver of narcissism. Now, Luann oh, takes absolutely. it to another level. That's the thing. She is yeah. more narcissistic than even Ramona, which Ramona can tell. Than anyone Ramona I've ever tell. seen
1: on TV, to be honest.
2: Even anyone Ramona. Anyone no, and Ramona is, like, an incredible narcissist. She has to teach herself what empathy is to pretend like she cares. <laughs> like, And she yeah. even knows, like, oh, When I upset someone, now I apologize because that's what humans do. Is
1: that narcissism or, like, is that being a sociopath? Like, I'm a genuine question.
2: I actually don't think it's sociopath as much as it might be someone's going to come after me for saying this. But, like, somewhere (laughs) on the spectrum, like, autism spectrum.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Because she's not registering the other person's, how they're feeling and reacting. Exactly.
2: Like, she cannot anticipate what someone's reaction will be to a very inflammatory statement she seems yeah. genuinely shocked anytime she upsets <laughs> someone and Stamps. then immediately goes back to like I'm sorry I didn't know I didn't know I didn't know she got upset yeah. you know and it's and it's to me yes she can be mean but I don't know if she means to be mean Necessarily? I think
1: that's the thing that they've figured out. I think that's why, like, at the start, Bethany would get so angry with her, and now she right. just laughs because, because you just have to, with Ramona, you have to expect it, and you you can't attach too much to it because she just isn't a regular person.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and and not to say that there's anything wrong with, like, being, like, the autism spectrum disorder. A lot of people... Oh, of course not. And especially, no. like, the younger, you're diagnosed. People, like, are taught how to... Empathize, right? And they, but it's yeah. it's a different and how to interpret social interactions and social cues. But yeah. it's clear that like there's something off with Ramona that she cannot interpret certain social cues at all. Mm. And I don't necessarily <laughs> think it's like a sociopath thing. But that's
0: just whereas me. with Luann, it's like she is she, she's a full
2: yeah. Narcissist. With,
1: um, with Sonia, it <laughs> seems more like she actually can't register it because because there's something else going on whereas with Luanne it's like she can't see what other people are going through or how they're expressing themselves because she's always just looking at herself um as the person on the main stage she's so the perpetual it's, it's a, victim it's, 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 it, yeah exactly it's a, it's a completely different kind of narcissistic trait I guess I don't know it's all very these women are just so very complex
2: And the thing that really gave away, I think, Luann's narcissism was when Barbara said, I always feel like you're ready to ruin a friendship over something like this, like something very small. And that really stuck with me because like I have been friends with a narcissist before and Mm. I didn't realize, but I was walking on eggshells always trying to make sure and always like over complimenting and bending over backwards all the time because I knew that if I slipped they would end the friendship and I, I think in the back of my mind I knew that and it's just really crazy to hear someone vocalize that because a true narcissist doesn't really need friends they need people to fawn validation Validation. and that's not what a friend does a friend only can validate so much but also gives you truth and there is like a two-way like it goes both ways and that a narcissist can't handle that like she can take support from bethany but she can't give support to bethany
0: totally that is so fascinating
2: Wow. Yeah. I feel like the two of us just like are sitting with the DSM five going through like all of these women's neuroses. <laughs> and it's literally I feel like I'm gonna get obliterated for this podcast and armchair diagnosing. Glad it's you, not me. <laughs> just like Don't send me the bad feedback, I won't be able to
0: handle it. <laughs> I know,
2: like if you have bad feedback about this podcast, if you could just put it in the compliment. Sandwich, sandwich I would very yeah. much appreciate it. just write it in a letter put
1: it in a drawer and in the morning see if you still want to send it <laughs> It's
2: just, but I do love the show and I love these women and I love that they like live their truth and they live out loud and they say what they're thinking and they're not worried and part of it is like being somewhat of a narcissist and that's not a bad thing to have like a bit of narcissism. It's not.
1: I mean, look, all of these other women are completely narcissistic. Yes. Just, you know, anything to the extreme is is dangerous, yes. and that's
2: the that's the WAN. But at the same time, like, if you look at any, you know, head of state or American president, mm. they're all narcissists. You can't oh, get totally. any am- really good athlete or actor. You can't get to where you want to be without thinking you're the best. You have to have exactly. that mentality. And it's not always a bad thing. So I feel like I don't want to make it seem. It's just when it goes overboard. Okay, you know what? You know what I mean? You're not going
1: to be able to backtrack now. I know. It's done. done.
2: Okay, you're just being a Bethany and calling me on my shit. (laughs)
1: I'm just enjoying bitching about narcissists when I myself have a very strong narcissistic traits. I'm like, oh yeah, that's horrible. I'm like, I constantly need validation. Like that's just who I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay. Before we move on to Beverly Hills, I have to get your thoughts on Luann using the AA serenity prayer to cheers. Cheers the non-alcoholic drinks that they had.
1: I laughed. I actually gasped. I was like, ooh. She's
2: (laughs) like, I know, a really, really good cheers.
1: It just made me, like, flashed me back so hard to my stint in The Hab, which is what a heroin addict told me you're supposed to call rehab because it's cool. (laughs) And And I was like, oh, cool. Now I can't not say it. Like, it's just, it's just in my brain. So my brain heart. Yeah. I was just like, okay, we used to stand in these little groups, like in a circle at the end of a, a small meeting that we would have in the hab and basically do what they did. We would all hold hands. We didn't have a drink in hand for obvious reasons, quote the serenity prayer. And then at the end we would go go team orange and I was just like this is so <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> but hey look at I mean you've been sober for many years now no I look I'm not I'm not I'm i am sober from well I'm clean from my um addiction of choice which was opiates but I do I do drink and I, I want to be clear about that I'm not like I haven't fully resolved my issues I'm but I don't drink to excess, I'll drink, you know, a glass of champagne at a celebration. But, well, yeah, I'm not completely team sober. Orange. Yay, team orange. team Right? But, look, the opiates, that was my addiction of choice. They were ruining my life, and I haven't done one since, like, two and a half years, which is when I went to rehab. So, yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome.
2: I think it's pretty awesome. Thanks. But I
1: did think the serenity prayer was – look, I don't know, because for me, look, it was written on the wall – painted on the wall in my hab, and we had to, start to look at it every day, say it every day, like, six times. So for me, it was very triggering to hear the serenity <laughs> I'm like, oh, I actually I didn't even need, think of
2: that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: need some shit right now. No, not in a bad way. It was just, like, very – I just found it very strange, very strange. And I obviously Andy it. did too. Like, I love the serenity
2: <laughs> prayer. I try – like, I always look it up every once in a while because so much of, you know – Living in these times that we live in and in Mm. the country that I live in, going through the political situation we're going in, you realize I'm doing as much as I can or as much I'm trying to change things, right? But seeing what's going on with these children at the border and I feel like it's like, okay, you have to also let go. and You feel helpless, yeah. I can't change that thing now. Like and, that, and, and if you know hold I mean? on to that
1: constantly, it'll ruin you as well. It does. You know? so, yeah. And do you, I can think, I? Do you want me to yeah. do the the prayer to seal off New York? Yes. Yes, <coughs> please do it because I don't
2: know it by heart.
1: <laughs> and then wait, and then we'll, we'll end with "Go Team Orange" we'll, together. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone, hold hands if you're listening okay. to this in a group. <laughs> God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference go Go team
2: team team orange Orange. (laughs) that's amazing oh Oh my my god God. i feel like now we're ready with that cheering and chanting to do teddy's boot camp (laughs) Oh, <laughs> which can you know help us de- develop further you know eating situation, eating problems
1: <laughs> yeah great yeah because I haven't had enough for eating disorders in my time let's get right I, I love free- fat teddy and I say fat like I'm just being an absolute bitch she wasn't fat at all she was just gorgeous but I want to freaking party with that bitch this teddy right. is anxious and Scared and you and know, hungry. like scared of a freaking that's the one what, eating thing she one said
2: when she was drunk in France. She was like, I'm hungry, I'm so hungry. She's hungry. I was like, like That no truer words have ever been spoken.
0: Ever
1: let a girl eat, and Kyle, like slapping the chip out of her hand, I'm like, right? you need
0: to do this.
1: Like, let the girl eat a goddamn chip. <laughs> That was... <laughs> no wonder she's shit-faced. Like, she hasn't eaten anything in, I don't know, five years or whenever she started. Right?
2: It's so... It's also, like, the polar opposite, I feel like, of New York. Where, as in New York, they, they nothing is off limits. They talk yeah. about addiction. They talk about child abuse, right? Yeah. And in Beverly Hills, they won't even gloss over major lawsuits yeah. Like, and the the reason that Kyle gives and that she's, that's like the line that they're all towing is, well, if it's not in relation to the group of us as friends, then we don't bring it up. Yeah. Oh, what was that? Please. That is bullshit. That's what that is. This is about yeah. your life. Your life involves your husband. Your life involves how your husband gets his money. And that is where the lawsuit comes into play. Now... Will it make you look bad? Yes. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. Maybe the way the different articles are phrased are much worse, you know. And for example, with Dorit, when she said, oh, Beverly Beach, like that legal situation is in mediation. It's not a criminal complaint or anything like that. Okay, fine. But I would rather see that. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to know what's really going on. See, some, anything. Anything in their lives. Instead of this rehearsed, okay, we're going to talk about the dog. Then we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. everyone having anorexia or not having anorexia. Then we're going to talk about, you know, it's like that was like an okayed storyline. Right?
1: Exactly. It's so choreographed.
2: I think
1: that's what people really feel the difference. And look, I I love both of these shows and I like watching Beverly Hills and New York at the same time because it is like such such different worlds and it is like reality and complete fiction. And it's just like it's so interesting to watch um, this glossed over the facade of Beverly Hills, um, which which just is I don't know. It's just like the, even the colors seem brighter in Beverly Hills, and I just think it's just such a it's just such a facade. It and they is. choreograph every little step. And thank God for Camille for coming out and at least trying to get a story out of any of these women. I mean, like, I it's it's just yeah. It was it really like nothing happened this entire season, and yet so much happened under the surface that we really have these half stories of every single woman
2: (sighs) it's just absurd and given that Beverly Hills is supposed to be you know aspirational living and it's all Mm. about the money I thought Camille made a really good point of well we don't really know where she doesn't where Doree gets her money Yes, she gets Mm. it from her husband, but how does he get his money? And why has he had filed for bankruptcy before? And how does he have millions and lose millions and get millions again? Like, that is a crazy situation. That's like financial bipolar disorder. Like, how do you go from such extremes and that not be indicative of something Darker and deeper, such as using people for money. And when she said, now, "I look, can't stand a phony," like I get it. Mm. Doreen looked different before; she spoke different before. I mean, why would she
1: just admit to having a nose job? Like her nose is completely like half the size. You know, it's completely different. Like. I know you can do a lot with fillers and 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 Botox these days and change your face in that way, but Botox geez, doesn't change One hundred percent had a freaking nose job. I mean, come on.
2: And even if she like didn't, and it's all contouring and like losing weight, fine. But the thing that's so shocking about her is more like, is her voice. Is it different? That, yeah, how her she has that accent. And it changes. And she didn't grow up talking like that. Her (laughs) parents are Israeli. Why doesn't she have something more like that? Or she grew up in Connecticut. Why doesn't she speak like someone from Connecticut? You know, instead, she developed this sort of British esque accent. I
1: wonder Mm -hmm. if her parents. Uh, I don't know maybe it's just I don't know I'm defensive of the accent because I definitely have picked up on different accents from my parents Canadian and British as they were and so I know that certain words I just like for example water I have no idea how to say water because Australians say water and my mum would say water without like really rolled up Mm -hmm. and I don't know my dad might be water (laughs) 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 because British my dad's Russian and I
2: didn't pick up any of his accent so (laughs) yeah okay so so it's not I don't don't really know but it just seems Bizarre. Everything about her seems a bit bizarre. I do like Dorit a lot. Actually, she seems like a nice person. She seems like a lot of fun. But there, I feel like there's stuff in her past that we are not digging into, and there's stuff from mm. PK's past in particular. Now my favorite part about this reunion was the shade that the producers and Andy were giving to LVP for not showing up because every, you know, maybe 15 minutes they would go into a situation and they would talk about, okay, well, this is what LVP said in season two. And it would be the exact opposite of what she's saying now. And I just thought that was hilarious. Like with John Blizzard talking crap, about Dorit and them saying well maybe he should have been fired and mm-hmm. going back to season two and LVP saying that Adrian's chef should have been fired for speaking poorly about her and it's just and they all were like he knows too much
1: it's just yeah and I, I completely agreed with all of the women there like they I, I that's what I thought when I watched it. I'm like this guy is 20 if a day you know he can't be that like why is why aren't, isn't she just firing him on Vanderpump? She's firing people left, right, and center, you know. And I just thought, okay, so they, this is like some kind of mob boss thing here. She can't fire him. She really can't because, you know, like I think it was Kyle that said because whatever he is, whatever he did, he was told to do. So you know, he and how embarrassing that he has to get pulled up on the show and get ripped into. In again, a really orchestrated, choreographed kind of argument between the two where she just accepts his apology like right away. Like, well, yeah, slap on the wrist, you know. If that was anyone else, if that was real, there was there would be no way they would get away with that. Totally. That's the moment I was sort of like, Okay, I'm not buying it. Like she's involved in this somehow.
2: The whole thing is just bizarre. And the thing, again, that bothers me about Beverly Hills is that the best drama happens off camera. So even like this week when it was Ken's birthday, he took to Twitter to issue like (laughs) this like crazy rant slash defense of his wife and just went off about all of the other women's legal issues and then... Kyle comes in and finally explains herself. I mean, I don't agree with it. And then she shades Ken. You know, it's only housewives are allowed to hold a diamond. It's like, mm. come on, do this on camera. Show us your anger, your real emotions. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's that. Um, then They just sort of feel they need to dress up their their image and it they don't understand that it's actually detrimental to the show. It's doing them a disservice. People are bored, you know, they're just honestly bored.
2: But I mean, we do still watch, right? Oh, I would never (laughs) give up on it.
0: You (laughs) know, and
2: I I watch through the good and the bad and I, I believe some good will come up eventually, but they have to really shake it up and they can't really have this whole queen situation where mm. Kyle's now the queen, where she gets I to mean, determine come the storylines. Kyle's like, the queen? Please. Please. Like,
1: please.
2: It's They've all decided she's the queen because she's not a threat.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: totally. It's not like... It was like my mom became the president of this organization because they called her and were like, so everyone else is fighting and we think you'd be the least controversial person, (laughs) right? And she knew going in, she's like, the only reason they're making me president is because no one hates me as much as they hate somebody else. Yeah. But no one loves me that much either. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. So it's mean, it's so funny.
1: In saying people, like, have been bored this season, I actually like the contrast because – Watching Roni, I can I often feel like okay, I need to like take a beat and calm down. That was a lot after an episode. But with Beverly Hills, I just it it's like taking a Xanax. It just like chills me out because I feel like <laughs> I don't have to like get emotionally invested. I, I just get to watch pretty people like
2: everything's 16. a little muted.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's just it calms me down and I'm okay with that level of intensity. I mean, the reunions so far have been the most interesting episodes to date of the season and that's that's saying a lot.
2: <laughs> right? And I loved watching Camille, but I did feel bad for for her in a way because she's like what? bringing it and everyone else is ganging up on her and she's probably like I'm the only one making this thing interesting. She, the thing that is hard is I don't like when she goes after Denise. It's so weird. It's weird. I think she is jealous of Denise's yeah. level of chill and how Denise had an even more public breakup than her and Kelsey Grammer had mm. and that she managed to not let it define her and the rest of her life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And Camille. And you can see, like, yeah. Camille's, like, eye twitching whenever Denise talks because she's so calm, cool, calm, and collected. And Camille's just, like, like wants, wants to see Denise snap. But the more that Camille pokes, the more Denise is, like, girl, you just got to chill. Like, take maybe you should take a minute because this isn't good. You know, like, it's.
2: Yeah, I and just, there's the, nothing that pisses her off more. I. Yeah. I think Camille dropped a couple truth bombs that were pretty shocking. One was that she thinks that the reason LVP really didn't show up was because Denise hooked up with Brandy. They like talked.
1: I thought that was interesting. yeah. Right?
2: Because maybe going into the reunion, she thought Denise would be on her side or at least sort of be able to see her side. And after watching it became clear that Denise really doesn't care. I don't Denise think is just, she didn't Denise care. Is just a
1: chill, girl. She's, like, she's just chill. She's, she's not, not getting fight. involved in other people's right. fights. You know, she'll fight her own battles. Like she'll go up against Camille if Camille's being rude to her and like making up bullshit comments, like twisting Denise's words about um, cussing her children out and stuff like that. She'll stand up for herself, but she doesn't want to get involved. You know, she's not getting involved in the other women's bullshit that happened before she was even on the scene, which I think is really smart. It is. Um, But obviously LVP just wanted another cheerleader and that's not what Denise was going to be.
2: Exactly. And maybe she's, maybe LVP got pissed at producers. Like you weren't supposed to bring Brandy back. You brought her back. You made her part of a storyline and, she you know i banished yeah. her and it's <laughs> so ridiculous um and then the other part was camille saying that the only reason the ladies came to her wedding was because production made her
1: oh my god
2: and yeah, andy, andy
1: andy didn't like ooh, that he didn't
2: he said you have power over yourself he said it twice She's like yeah well, yeah i mean look
1: i, I I thought the girls were hard on Andy. And What if Kyle said something that was...
2: I wrote it down. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: get it. Because I thought I wrote it down, but I can't find it.
2: It was about the lawsuits. And Andy said, so you don't ta- ask about each other about them? And Kyle said, oh, no. Yeah. And Andy goes, I would. And Kyle mm. goes, but look at what you do for a living.
1: Yeah, and then she laughed at the end to try and huh. make it sound like a like joke. Like it was a joke, but it was, but it was so a fucking bitchy. I mean, I was just waiting for him to turn around and be like, pardon? Like, what the fuck did you just say to me? But he just, I guess he just had, you know, bigger fish to fry that day. But I
0: was just, that is so rude.
1: As if you're not asking your friend, like, how they're doing. That's
2: all he was saying. (sighs) But they have a certain way of asking. Even Camille Mm. agreed. Like... Well, you ask, "How are you doing? How's it going? Is everything all right?" But you don't actually <laughs> ask about yeah. the thing that everyone's yeah. talking about. Oh uh, my
1: God! These what a mess! Little bitches! <laughs> <laughs> I
2: know. I'm like, come on, let's get this over with. And now you have not caught up on Potomac, right?
0: No. Well, I let know. me tell you. I'm so you, bad. Just a little bit. I think I told bit. you last time I was going to, and I'm just being so slack with it. It's so good. I, I, I have to get so back into good. it, because I've told almost everyone I've spoken to
1: lately that I'm going to, because whenever they recap it to me, it sounds amazing. But I just, uh oh, getting myself into... It's the young women. I, I can't deal
0: with these young girls. These, no, I get these what young you're girls. Saying, but there's yeah. a
2: lot of interesting dynamics between right. like people's past trauma and their current lives and how they impacts them. So you've got Candace who is quite young and her mom who's a therapist but who's extremely Ooh. emotionally abusive and even did her, hit mom her with a is, purse.
0: Crazy. And almost did what? And also did what? Sorry?
2: She hit her with a purse. She smacked on the her. show? No, they didn't catch it on, on camera.
0: Her mom is awful like I mean I have watched the first three seasons is this season four
2: or three this is season four
1: yeah I have watched the first three but I haven't really watched much of
0: this season but so I know I know the players um but yeah I mean her mom
2: is a terrifying woman she is and then Ashley this episode unpacks a lot of stuff with her father walking out when she was one and then she tried oh. to contact him on Facebook, and he blocked her.
0: <gasps> oh. And she said,
2: I don't want anything from you. I just, like, all she's looking for is acknowledgement that she's I actually his just daughter. felt chills
0: throughout my whole body. That it was is so, so sad. sad.
2: And so you see, like, she's trying to have this baby with Michael. She's oh. trying to create something to love her unconditionally, right? Yeah. Like, she's thinking of it that way. And then with Michael, he's almost like a father character, too, He's so much older, and she acknowledges that a bit in therapy. And it's just, but then he's got this situation that everyone sees. He makes inappropriate comments about other men, and he has been accused of grabbing other men's butts. This isn't the first time. This was the first time that it became sort of maybe a legal issue. Okay. So... Giselle is so funny she's like everyone's asking about you and Michael and you know are you okay with butt squeezing and I thought that that was what, what happened like you know that's why there's a court date and you can see Ashley is just so frustrated that Giselle is bringing this up and talking about it mm. this way and um, you know Giselle even said but he's done that in the past right like but with his friend as a joke like is it a joke and it's just you see Ashley just struggling, but she is yeah. living in denial because she is so dead set on being with this guy and having a baby that she's not seeing I, the writing on the wall. I wish she had left.
0: Yeah, she should have left years ago. Like I I my heart sank when we found out she was pregnant. I think it came out on social media before mm. the show started, and because all I want is for her to leave him and. As soon as there's a baby, things get 10 times harder, you know, and, but she just desperately, desperately wanted a baby, and I don't think she cared about who
1: the man was. He's um, it, basically a sperm donor that she's trying to love, and he's not really working as hard as her because maybe he is confused about his sexuality. Like, who knows? It's it's a mess.
2: And, and the crazy part is we find out that this whole incident where Michael allegedly grabbed a cameraman's butt happened in Mm. Monique's basement at her rainbow party which was the party that she was holding for herself being pregnant after having had a miscarriage. They call it a rainbow baby apparently and she wanted to celebrate the fact that she was pregnant again but acknowledge the loss that they had had and she invited other people to talk about their losing their pregnancies and kind of make it not such a taboo subject. Um, okay. And it was nice. it was done really beautifully. They like released doves. Um, everyone Whoa. kind of came together. And they were genuinely like, she seemed very at peace. She um, reconciled with her mother-in-law. And Ashley tells a story of her and Michael. And at one point, they couldn't find Michael. And oh my God. now there's this thing that he's in Monique's basement where apparently there weren't cameras cuz the police did look if they had cameras in the basement and they didn't like security footage mm. and that's when he did the grabbing allegedly so, so i don't really I know i have a really like yeah. ignorant
0: question mm-hmm. is it a, is it really illegal to squeeze someone's butt um, cuz like why haven't women been suing men for
2: know, you know, right? hundreds of years <laughs> right so <laughs> it, this isn't a lawsuit it was a criminal complaint so, oh, I
0: see. Okay. So, so it's on your record, basically. Yeah. Brother.
2: Yeah. And it, I guess there's various levels of sexual assault. I don't yeah. know where this falls, but I think the whole TMZ article about him potentially going to prison for three to eleven years, I don't think that's accurate. For like what men have what gotten less
1: for rape. Like that would. Be, right. I mean, I'm not <laughs> like, condoning like butt squeezing when it's not wanted, but I just right. mean it's kind of you know in in this in this me too handmaid's tale (laughs) you know patriarchal climate (laughs) i have i have things to say that we're listening to a man a man's story when women have been literally screaming this from the rooftops for a like a a very very very
0: very long time
2: (laughs) i feel like more must have happened Mm -hmm. in order for the police to pursue it
0: I kind of agree with you. And I especially, just, I think
1: this yes. is the one thing they could maybe maybe prove or, you know, they had, wasn't as wishy-washy.
0: It, it was but, dropped.
2: <clears throat> but I yeah, bet that okay. they decided to settle out of court
0: because
2: yeah. of, I don't know what. I mean, I'm sure Michael has an incentive not to have anything come out. And Bravo probably, who knows. But yeah. I don't even know that the person who was assaulted was the one that like, maybe that, maybe he mentioned it to his supervisor, and then that person was like, Yes, yeah, someone assault. else could have pursued
0: it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I feel like there had to have been some evidence, right? Because there were other people, there were, I don't know, but the whole thing is very uncomfortable. And it would be different if there was no history of anything with Michael ever. Mm. Um, it would still be wrong, but you could see, okay, maybe. Who knows? He was mucking around.
1: It's playful or something. Yeah, like, maybe wang, wang, wang. it was some sort of... <laughs> I'm just, like, flashing back to all of the people's butts I've grabbed, like, in in jest throughout my life. Like, like Yeah, don't is- come to the United
2: States. You'll get thrown in jail for that.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Maybe I need to watch myself a little bit more.
2: I'm it's- part of
1: the problem, yeah. you guys.
2: I just, I feel like some... I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of what happened there. At all. Yeah. Because once you settle out of court... Well, now that it's settled... Yeah, exactly. Now that
1: it's settled out out of the public eye, like, it just... I mean, they're probably just all going to maintain their silence about it. Like, I can't see um, Ashley's husband coming out and talking openly about it. Like, why? It wouldn't
0: benefit him at all, so... But I (sighs) wonder
2: how... Like long, he like is he going to be still be on Bravo? Are they going to have like their own personnel situation with whether or not he's allowed to be on on TV or not? You know, yeah. Like they've represented in these, other the last few? um He hasn't been in the last few episodes, but I think okay. in next week he's going to be there. And okay. but. Bravo has taken action against, I think, Candy's husband said something negative about the show. And they're like, you can't be on this many episodes because you said something negative about the franchise. Well, right? So, like, <laughs> what? this guy harassed your camera people. But at the same time, we, it always goes back to Nini actually assaulted. And there is proof of assault on a cameraman who literally was put in the hospital and like had his teeth knocked out and had a concussion. Right. And you see it happening and nothing was done to her. She's still making tons of money. She's still on Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I hear this season, she's pretty much warring with everyone.
0: Well, I mean, she basically was last season, you know, it, it
1: was tough. I really struggled to watch last season um I didn't cover it on my show because it I just found it like I found all the the Greg stuff really difficult and a bit too close to home for me. and I don't know a lot of it I just found like Portia was the shining light, but everything else I just felt oh it's so heavy and Nini was just so t- hard to watch. and she I don't know was. I used to find she was.
0: I is meant to be like the most fun, positive one. And I I struggled through it last season.
2: I actually would say that she is a bigger narcissist than Luann. Yeah. You might be onto something there.
0: I had to toss it up. I think it's a different style, but
1: totally different style.
2: Yeah. But the problems are the same and she's willing to like end any friendship at any moment. Yeah, totally. (laughs) For drama. For just because they didn't. Fully support her in the way she needed to be supported.
1: I think she gets away with it more than Luann because she's funny. She's funny and, and she's, she's witty and she's and she, she's yeah, and smart. she's snarky. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Luann doesn't have that to kind of sustain her her charm in a
0: way. Oh man, yeah. I think you might be right. Who knows.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining this week. Everybody oh my gosh. loves when you're on the pod. So oh, that's nice. It's always where, so much fun. Where people can find your podcast and where they can find you. Okay. Well,
1: here's my little spiel. Um, you can listen to my podcast. It's called Reality TV and Me. Um, find it, I guess, anywhere you listen to podcasts, but I, the most um, iTunes is probably the best place to go, um, SoundCloud, Spotify. Google Play, all of that business, and follow me on Instagram at reality TV and me um, for you know c- upcoming new episodes. I'm about to change the release day because I get the episodes a bit later in Australia, so um, best to subscribe just because I haven't settled on a day yet. I'm still trying to work out the nuts and bolts. It probably is going to be about a Wednesday, but best to subscribe just in case. And also, it makes me feel better if you subscribe. Um, and yeah, if you were interested in just my, you know, dazzling personality, you can follow my personal thing, my personal page on Instagram, um, at Kirsten Moore underscore music. And there has links to my writing, which is I do writing for about mental illness and stuff with addiction, things we've covered a little bit today, um, at gutterglitter.blog. But the links on there, everything that. The music that I make and everything is all linked on on that personal Instagram so that's the best way to get in touch with me
2: and I'll link it all on the podcast as well awesome
0: thanks oh my gosh I just love talking to you it's always so fun
2: fun you're just such a joy
0: and I love that we can talk
2: about (laughs) the darkest things and still have a good laugh because
1: yeah for me there's nothing too
2: dark that you can't make into some sort of a joke Right.
1: I think that's how. I think that's why we get along. We just have these these like, dark like, senses of humor, because that's our coping mechanism. Without with our lifelong trauma. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is amazing. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.